Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we're in the third week um, of a series that we're called Running the 100-Year Hurdles. And uh, just that idea that, um, you know, to, to live a, a long life, um, to, to do the, the, live the life that God has called us to live, um, we're aware that it is not going to be a hurdle-free existence. And so if we're going to be able to do this, do this it, with the way God has called us to, we have to recognize and learn to deal with the hurdles as they come. So if you've got your bulletin, if you grabbed one of those that were set out for you, if you're using um, your digital bulletin, however it is you're going to track along, uh, we've led with this idea that to run the race set before us, um, there are going to be a few hurdles, um, but they don't have to slow us down. And, and we've looked at Jesus's words in John 16, 33. Now, uh, remember, these, this is Jesus in the upper room with his disciples right before Um, He's about to be betrayed and then the process of going to the cross. And he's told his disciples, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to live in a place of overcoming, but we have to live also in awareness. He dropped the truth bomb on us that in this world we will have trouble and You know, week one of this, we got into the whole concept of why trouble at all? Um, You know, if God is so good, if he's a loving God, why do we deal with trouble? And we kind of tipped our toe into that and and began to look at that. If you missed that, you can catch that on the podcast. And and so, um, but today we're going to look at the, the idea of one of the hurdles of life. But if we will get excited about this hurdle, it will begin to shrink the other hurdles. If It's a hurdle. Right? It's totally a hurdle. And that's why most of us stall out on this front. But if we will get excited about this hurdle, then it will begin to have an impact and shrink the rest of the hurdles that we deal with. Um, now, is, of course, we've been looking at this, and this has been the illustration. And, you know, I, y'all know I am uh, not... Um, an athlete, but uh, I don't know that even if I was that I would want to try to jump over uh, this thing. This, this hurdle is a hurdle's a pretty tall hurdle, and um, you know somebody's able to to do this, and uh, I would, yeah, I would need a springboard or something to be able to get over this sucker. And uh, but as we're going along, sometimes in life we would like, you know, th- these hurdles would be easier to deal with um, if we could shrink the hurdles. Well, a lot of times the hurdle is what the hurdle is. We can't, we can't shrink the hurdles, but there's this thing that we can do that what happens to the size of the hurdle if I grow? If I grow, all of a sudden the hurdle in correlation to me shrinks. It gets smaller. Now, I can't be up here and I don't have like industrial light and magic and make myself like mysteriously grow up here, but um, I can let us look at what this looks like to now this looks like maybe I can handle that a little easier. As the hurdle begins to shrink, that maybe this one's a little less intimidating, you know, and then I grow a little more. 
And then finally, I grow a little more. And then maybe I'm like, you know what? That thing that was so intimidating before, now maybe I could deal with that. Even if I have to slow down and step over the sucker, and I can at least get over it if I have had some growth in my life. But here's the truth. Growth itself is a hurdle. A lot of us stall out and we quit growing in Christ. We quit growing in our marriage. We quit growing in a lot of these places where we have hurdles. And then we come up to the same thing over and and there's no difference. It's as big of an obstacle as it was the last time we connected with it. But if we'd grow in the process, if we'd allow the Holy Spirit to grow, then we would find that in correlation to our new growth and stature in the Spirit, it's not near as intimidating, it's not near as difficult to deal with. And so today we're going to be looking at the concept of continued and regular spiritual growth. Now, if you'll remember, we looked at uh, Hebrews uh, 12.1, it's not in your notes, um, but it says that we need to, to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, and uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. I hope you find it as comforting as I do, that when we begin this journey in Christ, our faith is not perfect. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. We come and we connect with him and we say yes, and we understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to the, to the Father except through him, and we step over from death to life, and we're heaven ready right in that moment, but there's a lot of the rest of our thought life, a lot of the rest of our life that's just not perfectly aligned for a life of faith, that it's not perfected yet. And that's why we'll run into some things where Jesus has already accomplished. Jesus has already done some things, but all of a sudden we come up to some relational hurdles. We come up and we run into some, some financial hurdles. We come up and we run into some issues at work or some issues in stepping into what God And all of a sudden it feels like a barricade. But like this isn't something that's designed to, for me to get over. This is something designed to keep me out, to hold me back. And if we will allow the Spirit of God to work in us, to grow and to mature and allow Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, and allow him to grow in us, it'll, it'll change things. We have to understand this, that growing means doing new things and thinking new ways. You have to understand that one of the key parts of growth is that you are going to understand things differently. You're going to see things differently on the backside. Has anybody ever had a conversation when you were younger and then you look back on that conversation, say 10 years later, you have matured, you have a different perspective, and then all of a sudden you get embarrassed for yourself 10 years later. You're not even in that moment anymore. That moment's already existed, but a more mature you looks back on a conversation and you're like, oh my goodness, that was so dumb. <laughs> I cannot believe somebody put up with me in that space and what I was dealing with. 
because all of a sudden you've grown and then you view it. In that moment, you didn't see anything wrong with the conversation. You didn't see anything wrong with any of those things. But you look back after some growth and you have changed the way you view things. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now with this, we have to understand that these are some, every, every believer is a minister, but not every minister is a called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. But every one of you, you're all called to ministry. You're all called to make a kingdom impact. You're all called to, to move forward with an assignment. And so, but, there, but Christ gave these to the equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, being held back by the hurdles of life and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemings. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. This is the picture of where God is wanting to grow us. Jesus is the image of where he is wanting to take us. He is wanting to mature us into our head, into Jesus. Now, this is, should be exciting, you know? If all of a sudden you have this weight on you that you're like, okay, God's expecting me to be more like Jesus, well, that's kind of a tall order. I don't know that I want to be a part of that. Um, I can't live up to that. Well, guess what? In and of yourself, no, you can't. But this is the exciting thing that if we will allow the Holy Spirit to continuously work in us, this is where he's taking us. He is shaping us into the image of Christ. And then it goes on to say in verse 20, it says that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Now, there's a place where there's the, the enemy is real, there is a thief who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. There is one. And that Jesus comes that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. But there is a place where some of the stuff we have to deal with is our own deceitful selves. It's not just this enemy that's out there. There is this place where we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to renew our own deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And we have to understand that sometimes this new self, as we grow, sometimes that's awkward. Growth is awkward, which is sometimes why we avoid it. I remember being a, a young ninth grader and uh, I was uh, five foot eight, um, but my body decided that my feet were gonna go ahead and reach adult size. And um, I had size 12 feet and five foot eight. Um, and then of course, then I wanted to buy, you know, the, the new um, Nike high tops, you know? So then there, so I'm wearing extra large shoes on my extra large feet. Um, and it just, you know, I, I could not help, people could not help but make comments 
um, about my clownish appearance. And so it was just, it was just awkward. It was awkward to move around. I looked awkward, all of those different things. But there was a place where for the rest of me to go to the height that, that my DNA was designed to carry me to, that I needed to have a foundation under me, that the foundation grew first and then the rest of me grew later. And there's a place where it feels like sometimes we can get frustrated when we're in the foundational phase. You're like, I'm growing, but I'm not seeing anything happening up uh, uh, where everybody can see. I know God's doing something down here. I'm telling you, be patient. You want God to grow your foundation. You want him to. So many times we're just ready for the, for the top part to grow. But we need the foundation to grow. And I guarantee you, if he's growing your foundation, that's because he's going to expand the rest of it too. Yeah. He, it, you just, that should be a place of encouragement. But as we're doing this, as we're growing and as we're maturing to deal with the different hurdles, sometimes it's going to be awkward. So maybe you had some relational hurts, so let's say some marriage hurdles, okay? And then the Holy Spirit begins to move on your heart and say, okay, one of the things you need to do is you and your spouse need to get on the same page spiritually. And you're like, well, we've kind of like gone to church together and, you know, we sit near one another and, you know, and we're there. We're like, hey, you want to go to church? Yeah, I want to go to church. Let's go to church. And, and we sit there and sure hope that the person, you know, that my spouse is sure listening to the preacher because they sure need this. And, uh, man, every Sunday the preacher preaches right to my spouse. Man, I hope they're getting this. And, uh, and so as we're sitting there and doing that, but then all the Holy Spirit says, okay, now it's time to take this and begin to connect. And maybe you pray with your spouse. All of a sudden, the first couple of times you pray with your spouse, it can be awkward. Growth is awkward but you will never embrace growth on a regular part of your life if you don't learn to embrace the awkward. You have to, you have to learn to embrace the awkward that you're not gonna do things quite right. You're like, well, man, I just don't wanna say the wrong thing. I mean, I, I, I'm talking to God. Uh, you do realize he's with you all the time, right? <laughs> he knows everything you say. You know, won't you carry that idea into all the words you say? That would transform some relationships all by itself. But say, okay, I, you know, but I'm officially talking to God. You know, I kind of know he's there, but, now, but what if I say the wrong thing to him? Um, do you know the scriptures have these prayers in the Psalms that the guy actually has to fix what he says at the end? That what he said at the beginning, he recognized by the time he gets to the end, I was wrong right there. I shouldn't have said that. David does that over and over again. David says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then by the end of the, that same Psalm, he says, um, yeah, you've never left me. You've never forsaken me. He's like, ah, I was wrong. But sometimes we can just start out by just expressing what we're feeling. He felt forsaken. He felt alone. But then as we begin to look at it, it's like, no, God, you've always been with me. There's, a, there's this place where, where even the scriptures show that it is okay to just start expressing your heart towards God and allow the Holy Spirit then in that to begin to, to shift and to mold that. But if we don't embrace the awkward, we will not grow. We just won't do it. But what about financial hurdles? Those come along. 
when you first begin to try to maybe live by a budget. That'll begin to transform your, fi your finances. First begin to live generously. That will transform your finances. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but as the Holy Spirit begins to get your eyes off of just you, your wants and your stuff, and you begin to be a part of what's happening in the world as a whole and the kingdom as a whole, and you live generous, it will transform you. But guess what? Those are all hurdles in and of themselves. And we have to learn to embrace the awkward. Budgeting is awkward. Initially living generously is awkward. All those things are awkward. But if we will do that, it will shrink the hurdles in our lives. We'll find ourselves moving through life, dealing with hurdles a lot better. See, growing often feels like a hurdle because the real hurdle is the old self. It's the old self. We're kind of comfortable with it. We kind of understand it. Yeah, it's got its hurdles and it's got its stuff, but I know how to deal with those hurdles. I know how to deal with those disappointments. I know how to fall in love. I know how to have a good relationship for a couple of years. I know how to deal with a rocky relationship for a year or two, and I know how to cut and run, and I know how to go how to find a new one. You know what? I know how to start a new job and be excited about a new job. I know how to enjoy a new job for a little bit. I know how to coast through a job for a little bit. I know how to turn in my notice and go find a new job where somebody actually appreciates what I bring to the table. And go start a new job and start the cycle over and over again. I know how to do the old self stuff. And the problem is, is we keep facing the same hurdles and we keep tripping over the same things. And God wants to carry us into new places and new things. And we're going to have to embrace that, yes, it's awkward to be able to step into a new type of life and put aside the old self. And the truth is, is uh, this growth itself being a hurdle should not be surprising. Learning anything new is a challenge and a lot of times we just want to avoid those we just don't like the awkward we don't like not doing things well I, I do not like um, not doing things well I have had to learn and teach myself to be okay with things not going good right off the bat whenever I was um, uh, growing up I if I couldn't feel like I could do something right quickly. I just didn't want to do it at all. I just didn't want to do it. You've, I've shared with you all that I'm not athletic, and so consequently, I avoided all sorts of sports and all of that kind of stuff because I, I knew I couldn't be good at it. Well, later in life, I found that I actually enjoy playing basketball, you know? I can't rain the threes. I certainly can't dunk. I can't do any of that, but you know what? I can play some defense. I can be under there. I can rebound. I, I can bruise some people down low. I can do that. I can throw a mean elbow and a body check. Um, uh, apologize for, oh, did I do that? And then just <laughs> and go back to the game, dish it out, and let somebody else make the shot and enjoy a good three-on-three -three game of pickup basketball. I do not want to run the whole court. That is not happening. Um, but half-court ball, I can play. And so and I, I can enjoy that, now, but I would avoid those things. And it was just part of my innate nature. My parents tell the story about me learning to talk and that I began to, to talk and and I had a hard time with my BRs. And so, and I would have a, a hard time with that. Well, my, my name is Brandon. 
So they would get me to, you know, say all sorts of stuff. And they'd say, okay, uh, say cat, cat. Say dog, dog. You know, you know, say, you know, whatever. And they say, say Brandon. And I just wouldn't say a word. Would not say anything. So it's, you know, frustrating my parents. You know, people would say, what's your name? And I'm, <laughs> you know, hear me say other things. Just a rude kid. A little kid's a punk. And, um, and so... So finally, they said, finally, I said my name. They got me to say it, and it came out, Brandon. And when you're two, that's cute. Um, but, you know, but you don't want to do that the rest of your life. And for whatever reason, I knew I was saying it wrong. I knew I was saying it wrong, but I did not want to say it wrong. And I finally had to, to get where I needed to be, even at two years old, I finally had to begin to speak and say my name wrong before I could say my name right. And we have to be willing to, as to grow, to maybe stumble forward in this a little bit. I'm so thankful I learned this because in my whole life, there, there is nothing that I have had been called to do by God that I have succeeded at the first time. Whether it was preaching, it was terrible, nobody listened, and three girls wanted to beat up my wife. I mean, it, it was, it was, and that's not an exaggeration. That's a true story. And so, and, um, and so it's, it was just a disastrous, it was a disastrous evening. And, but that was where God had called us to be. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to have to just lean in and, and get better uh, at this and be able to move forward. Riding a bike, learning a skill, it's, it's hard. You're going to hit the dirt. You're going to fall riding the bike, but you'll eventually get it. It is hilarious to watch a baby learn how to feed themselves with a spoon. They sit there, and they got the spoon, and sit there, and they get the little sweet potatoes, and they're sitting there, and they're just so intent, and looking at it, and they're like, oh! <laughs> and there's just sweet potatoes everywhere, and they just totally miss, and then you're like, okay, do it again, little one. And they're sitting there trying again, and they know they went too high, and then they, oh, stab themselves in the throat, which is why we use little soft stuff so they don't, like, hurt themselves. And, and then eventually they just barely nick the corner of their mouth, and a little bit of sweet potato gets in there, and it's a victory. And, and it's, like, so exciting. And then, you know, you look up, and a week later, man, they're just pounding it. They're just bam, bam, bam. They're just, you, you, they're just eating great. But we spiritually, we, we can feel like that and look like that. We begin to step out maybe in a, in a new gifting, in a new assignment that God has called us to. We begin to step out in some new things. And, and we feel like, we feel like the, you know, the 18-month-old with a spoon on our forehead. And, and we're like, ah, this is, for, this is not working. And we'll pull back. We need to make sure we embrace the awkward and being able to, to move forward. James 1, 4 says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Praise God that God wants us to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's the truth that you have to embrace in this. That before, the, before we arrive there, we are immature and incomplete. Nobody likes being immature or incomplete. But if we don't recognize that God loves us while we're immature and incomplete, that his grace is sufficient while we're immature and incomplete. We won't allow him. We won't step into that place, let perseverance, let, 
let patience, is what it says, have its perfect work. Have you ever noticed that when you're dealing with a, with a hurdle, it doesn't matter if it's a little hurdle or a big hurdle, if when you're dealing with any hurdle, the first thing that is tried in that hurdle is your patience. You have a relationship hurdle and your patience is tried. You have a financial hurdle and it's tried. No matter what it is, a getting to work hurdle and your patience is tried. The reason our patience is attacked first, it's because that if it, what that happens is the enemy is trying to trigger this thing for us to just get out, to just avoid the hurdle altogether. Because if we don't let patience have its perfect work, we will never move forward over that into getting to this place of being perfect and, incom and, and complete. So that thing, the perfect work, what he is wanting to do, what he is wanting to cr create this not lacking anything, that is what's being attacked. When we're facing these hurdles, there is an opportunity for something wonderful to be deposited in our lives. And our patience is attacked so that we won't go through the process to be able to be on the other side, get that deposit of whatever we needed, whether it was in our relationship, our assignment, a skill set, whatever it may be, that patience is attacked every, every time because there is a beautiful intended outcome. God wants to do something amazing in our lives and we have to trust him in that process understand he sees things we don't see he will coach us and get us to go in directions we would not go in and of ourselves uh, years ago i got the privilege of being able to pursue a, a dream of mine and getting my, my private pilot's license and and um, i had access to a couple of planes that all i had to do was pay for the fuel and I had a guy who was willing to do some instruction for a super reasonable fee. And, and so I got to pursue and get my, get my pilot's license. And so I was doing the instruction, doing the flying. And, and um, so in this, all of this process was totally there. I didn't, it felt like I would never figure out how to taxi. Well, if you're going to fly, you got to at least be able to move the plane on the ground. Um, and I felt like I would never figure out how to taxi. You're sitting there driving with rudders with your feet. And you're having to sit there, and finally, he's just, I keep wanting to grab the, what it felt like a steering wheel, grab the yoke. And my instructor's like, sit on your hands. Quit touching that thing. And I'm like trying to do this, and nothing's happening because it's supposed to be steering my feet. So, and then he's like, all right, just dance on those rudders. Dance on those rudders. And I look like a drunk person going down the thing. I'm so glad Mathis has wide runways so that I just said, eventually, woo, he just, and uh, the tower, they had to be laughing at me like, I don't think this one's going to make it. And, uh, and so they're probably taking side bets on 6-1 Lima Victor over there. And, um, and so, but eventually, finally, just staying in the awkward, being okay with it, knowing I look like an idiot, finally getting it down where I could make it down to the end of the runway, make it down and get it back to the hangar, do all those different things. And then it's time to begin to, to fly and begin to fly. And, and then once you're flying, well, you need to put it back on the ground and begin to make these landings. And then at some point, you, you solo. So one day, we, I was soloing, and I mean, I solo, and I was flying with my instructor. And um, so all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and he always had his hands on the yoke as we're coming into landing. So if something went wrong, man, he could just respond. 
Um, well, when you're up there, um, you know, the wind is turbulent, all this stuff is going on. So everything's moving, you know, you're, the yoke is moving, it's doing this, and you're just responding to it and keeping it where it's supposed to be. Well, I thought my instructor was making all of these corrections on me. So I'm sitting there and trying to do this thing, and I'm thinking he's making all these corrections, and, and it was just the turbulence of life. That's all it was. I was responding to it and handling it better than I thought I was. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and then we go, and he's like, okay, after this one, go to the hangar. I'm like, all right. And he's like, you're about to solo. <gasps> I was like, there was, <laughs> no, I was not ready for this. I did not know I was soloing today. And he's like, yep, I'm getting out. You're going back up. And um, he's like, you've got this. And I was like, I don't know that I have this. And he said, you've done the last three, the last three landings. I did nothing. That was 100% you. And I was like, are you kidding me? I thought you was correcting it. I, th I, th I thought I was just like play pretend over there. He's like, no, you were doing it. And I'm like, all right. So he gets out and I go over there and then I'm in the plane all by myself. And as soon as I feel the, the leaving the ground, being in that plane all alone was simultaneously thrilling and terrifying. Because I was up there. I didn't say, hey, guy, I've got this. Let me solo. You're dead weight in this plane, man. Get out. I, want, I, want to, I, want, I can do this. No, I, had to I was taking his word that I could do it. I didn't feel like I could do it. But he said, you've got this. You've totally got this. You've done the last three by yourself. I did nothing. I'm like, all right. So, man, sure enough, take off, land, do it. It's just absolutely incredible and absolutely, absolutely thrilling and there's been multiple times in my life where God will begin to push me in a direction. And I'm like, God, I don't know that I'm ready for this. And he's like, you took Mike Webb's word that you could fly a plane. Why can't you take my word that you're ready for this? I'm like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. And he said, okay, God, guess what? There's some things in, in life that God is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to prompt you to do. And you're going to have to trust that you are ready to step out. Whether you feel ready, prepared, or any of that, he, that, so many times those growth curves and those growth moments happen when you don't know they're happening. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection in a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here in this growth trajectory, there's this child and there's this grown adult. But there is this bridge in the middle of when I became. And in that becoming process, there's some childish stuff that's there and there's some adultish stuff that's there. And so as we need to be comfortable in that, if we will not ever be able to do the becoming the mature believers that God has called us to be unless we're comfortable in the becoming phase and understanding periodically there's going to be some stuff that's spiritually childish. And we're going to have to be patient with ourselves and we're going to have to be patient with one another. Because guess what? There's going to be some people here in our space that have their moments, they're spiritually childish childish and so but guess what they're in the becoming process and that person next week and then in another place be be mature 
and God will begin to utilize us in our mature places and coach us through our immature places, and that's the way the body of Christ grows. I wish it was a different way. I wish it was less messy, but folks, this is messy. It's messy. Spiritual growth is messy, but the only way we're going to do it is by jumping into the mess and embracing the awkward and being able to move forward in this. See, God is faithful to complete what he has started in us. He is faithful to complete what he's begun. Philippians 1.4 says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is Paul's prayer for the Philippians. He's like, I'm confident God's going to finish the good work he began in you, which means he's aware it's still in process. He's aware they're not there yet. He sees that, but he is confident that God is going to complete it, that he, God is going to finish it out. That is what helps us deal with the hurdle of growth itself, is embracing the truth that if God began this in you, he is faithful to complete it. In you. And a lot of that completion, it comes full circle when we allow him to bring our trouble, our issues, our hurdles into a place where we can begin to minister to others. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the, <clears throat> with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Here is the beauty, is that when you've allowed God to help get you over a hurdle, you now in that space, God can use you as a hurdle coach in the kingdom. Maybe not every hurdle, Maybe not everything that comes along, but the fact that you have been through that, trusted God and God over those things, all of a sudden now he wants to bring it around and allow your testimony to be able to encourage someone else who's facing that exact same hurdle. I tell, tell any believer, man, if you have run into a place where you feel spiritually stagnant, then I tell you, you be willing to be involved in somebody else's hurdles that you've already faced. If you've had to face relational hurdles, be willing to be involved in somebody else's relationship. If, if you've had to face addiction hurdles, be willing to involve, be involved in somebody else's addiction. If, if you've had to face just the struggles of life, man, all of a sudden turn around and help somebody over those same hurdles. Begin to do that. Maybe you were once a, a, a parent who was struggling to be able to do those, and, and you've arrived now at a, at a better place. Find a parent who is struggling. Find somebody who's having a hard time and coach them, help them, pour into them. I'm telling you, it will uncork the growth in you. Nothing will help you grow like seeing God utilize your previous hurdles to get somebody else over a hurdle. I'm telling you, it'll encourage you for your next hurdle. You're like, man, God, God will make something good out of this. What the enemy intended for, for bad, God is using for good. And it will change the nature of it over and over and over again, whether that is in your testimony or your generosity or prayer or encouragement. Man, pour that into someone else. 2 Corinthians 4, 15. 
It says, for all, all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we did not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. We're still dealing with hurdles ourselves. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. God has given us the inner growth to deal with these hurdles. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fixing our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Folks, our bottom line today is God keeping us growing, is God keeping us going. That is how he keeps us moving forward. He keeps us growing. We're able to continue and mature. No one has arrived. No one has arrived. I certainly have not arrived. God is continually growing and challenging me and having me to step up, step up and to grow. And if we'll continue to grow, man, we can continue to move forward in our lives. We can run the hundred year hurdles in our lives if we'll continue to let the Holy Spirit grow in our lives. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.